Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. We're going to be discussing markets and a number of UK equities. And to do that, we're kindly joined by Alan Green. Alan, thank you much for being on today and Happy New Year. Thank you, John, and a very Happy New Year to you and all of your listeners. Um, it's been a it's been a um, a funny Christmas, but um, you know, quite glad we're past it now and uh, into the new year. We definitely started the new year with a bang, Alan. Looking at the FTSE 100. In the first few days of trading, we did see some very strong gains there. We are down slightly today, but we'll get a little bit into that and why that's happening. But just going back uh, to a topic that we were covering in December, actually, it's probably going back to November, and whether we're going to get a Santos rally in the FTSE 100. Indeed, we did. Of course, there was some volatility towards the end of November, which saw the, saw the FTSE 100 drop. So we actually saw a 4.6% increase in the FTSE 100 over the month of uh, December. And quite interestingly, it took it up to levels that were very close to pre-pandemic highs in London's main index, which were actually surpassed in the first couple of days of trading. So we saw uh, the FTSE trade above that 7,500 level. Although we have fallen back today, Alan, that's very much down to fears about interest rates coming back in. This is predominantly from the United States and how hawkish some of the members from the Federal Reserve have been there in terms of the number of interest rate hikes they see being put in place this year. I mean, Alan, when you're looking at the FTSE 100, is what's happening in the United States in terms of their interest rate hike cycle and how many they put in? Is that going to have a major impact going forward on the FTSE 100 or is it just a bit of confidence being sapped out of markets this morning, seeing uh, the, the declines in the United States overnight? Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's it's a little more than that, uh, John. We, we we see this, of course. We see uh, it's the old story, the uh, the down sneezes, we catch a cold. Um, and, uh, and, you know, regardless of whether we're in or out of Europe, um, that seems to continue. So, um, but I, th- I think you know, marketeers and analysts are looking forward, um, and they've factored in the fact that we're going to probably get a few more interest rate hi- rate hikes, probably in the region of a quarter of one percent um, on a couple more occasions throughout the year, which isn't going to impact too heavily. But um, certainly, whilst the U.S. government will push ahead with their strategy, you know, let's not forget they've got this. The Biden administration have approved a 1.9 trillion infrastructure bill, which of course is going to um, uh, see huge amounts of uh, commodity and resources uh, utilised um, and and purchased from around the world. So that's going to provide a boost for the commodity sector and of course the the mining sector, the large mining companies and the and the junior sector, the explorers too. So. So that's going to have a positive effect. Certainly in regard to interest rates in the UK, I think most people have accepted now that we're going to see a couple of interest rate rises. Um, but I'm sure the uh, the Bank of England are going to wait and see how the, the tailing off of the of the furlough schemes and companies, you know, getting back into the real world. Yeah, we're now at the point where I think there's a general acceptance, certainly the... Uh, 
the uh, the World Health Organization has said today that it sees more evidence that Omicron is causing milder symptoms, and it's not the it's not the uh, the killer that it was first thought to be. Nonetheless, of course. As I said before, uh, th- this virus is just mutating. So we, we're, we're talking about Omicron now. There's probably a new variant in the air, maybe milder, maybe more deadly. Who knows? So this is going to be ongoing. We're going to be living with it um, uh, for the foreseeable future. So I, I'm sure those factors will uh, be weighing um, on the on the indices and, and you know, the, uh, the markets will be looking forward and trying to sort of put a picture together of, of where the index is going to go. But nonetheless, still a very strong start to the year. And as you say, the Santa rally, I think, has put the FTSE uh, into uh, in, in a very good position to uh, to, uh, to to push to new highs uh, in 2002. We could even see it during quarter one. Yes, indeed, indeed. And of course, one of the main driving factors behind all of this is, of course, inflation. So a report yes. yesterday from uh, Goldman Sachs that they were seeing interest rate hikes and, and could actually be some, some larger than expected interest rate hikes here in the UK because we could be seeing inflation up and around 6%. That, that's what a lot of forecasts are showing at the moment. And, that, and this really plays into the first company that we're going to discuss today because this is coming something that they've come out and said in their trading update that they see um, causing them some issues going forward. Uh, the company's next. Now, although there's been some warnings there about inflation, they've actually increased their guidance for the year ahead, Alan. And analysts at Hargreaves Lansdowne have called next the jewel in the high streets yeah. crown, given uh, the troubles that the overall high street's having. What does their trading look like and what are the main details there in terms of moving the share price? It's amazing, isn't it? You can go back over over the last 10, 15, 20 years even. And Next has always been a bellwether of, of, the, of the FTSE. Um, and uh, they're doing it today in the midst of uh, a COVID crisis. Um, they produced... Um, uh, a, a great performance in the eight weeks up to Christmas. Sales up twenty percent, seventy million pounds worth of sales ahead of management expectations, and so they've raised full year profit guidance by twenty two million. So that's up nearly ten percent on two years ago, which, given what we come through, is is nothing short of astonishing. Um, so uh, the the company's looking forward and uh, believes full price sales will rise seven percent next year but it's also confident enough to introduce a special dividend of 160p per share. Um, and it says it plans to return to the pre-pandemic ordinary dividend cycle later in the year. But, um, you know, this is a company that is is evergreen, literally. It just seems to be able to deal with any crisis that comes along. Um, and as you rightly say, you know, analysts are fulsome in their praise this morning. Um, you know, Hargreaves Lansdowne refers to them as the shining jewel in the high street crown. There are so few bricks and mortar retailers um, in this position uh, today. You know, we've seen we've seen so many companies fall by the wayside. Of course, some of the great British trading high street names have, have gone to the wall. We've seen Devonhams go. Um, Marks and Spencers are still doing very well. And I think their food business um, is, is really going to be the key to their success in future. But uh, uh, you know, when it comes to retailing clothes, there is no one better than next. I mean, they just seem to have the mix right. They seem to have an almost uh, telepathic insight into the market and want to, and what consumers want and what they want to buy going forward. Um, so uh, really, I, I guess it's down to 
Um, I, I don't think a quarter of a percent or a couple of quarter percent interest rate rises will put any dents in their sales at all. Um, and, and indeed, Next seem to have a plan in place to deal with pretty well any set of circumstances that, that arise. So coming out of COVID now, referring to normalization later in the year, um, uh, you know, the company looks very well placed. But, you know, I, I think I think it's quite breathtaking that uh, that in the middle of this, the you know, the, the most severe ban- pandemic for generations, we're seeing a company that's able to pay a special dividend and a high street retailer, retailer at that. Yes, yes. I mean, I think looking at the share price today as well, it doesn't really reflect uh, the, the updates. I mean, we're looking at this in the context of a FTSE 100, which is down pretty heavily on the day. Uh, I think if we were seeing a flat or positive FTSE, uh, we'd be seeing next shares reacting a little bit more positively than we are uh, today. Certainly, that special dividend is going to be welcomed by investors, although there are concerns there about rising prices going forward. But this is something that that we'll have to take in our stride, not only with Next, but a number of other companies listed in London, uh, which are going to be facing similar problems. So um, just as a note, we're not going to go into too much detail, but we also saw a very strong update from Greg's this morning. Uh, Another company there that's very highly exposed to the retail uh, market in terms of how they're uh, business is structured. They had a very good uh, festive trading period. So it shows there could be uh, some better days to come for the overall sector. But we're going to be coping, keeping a, a close eye on the companies as they report their festive trading statements over the next uh, week or two. And I'm sure Alan will be discussing some of those on next week's podcast. So now let's just move on to the next company we're going to discuss today. It's one that we've discussed on the podcast previously. Um, and I believe, Alan, this, this is one that was concluded in, in one of your picks for uh, 2022. It's ECR. They've had a very interesting update recently. You did an interview with uh, them yesterday. What are the main takeaways from that? It was a very strong interview. And of course, um, uh, you know, people uh, or, or, or listeners will be aware of the tra- tragic circumstances at the end of 2021, where we uh, where where there was we, the chief executive, Craig Brown, who'd been driving the company so hard for so many years, sadly died suddenly. And um, of course, that has created a number of difficulties. But um, I interviewed the uh, the, uh, the a director and uh, head geologist Adam Jones before Christmas and he was uh, he was very bullish. the 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 primary issue they have is that um, I, I, I think Adam said this yesterday. Um, they are so many companies operating in their area, and of course ECR operate in Victoria in Australia. That's their that that's where their primary assets are, and that's of course at the Creswick and Bayliston prospects. Um, and Adam said that uh, they are many companies own uh, land and, and own licenses in the area, but we're the, we're actually the only one with feet on the ground actually drilling and actually developing these assets. And I think that's the that's the marked difference between ECR's company and a lot of other companies that own assets in that area. Um, and of course, in doing that, uh, they've had to deal with all of the issues of COVID and the challenges that that has presented. And for them. They're they're drilling. They 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 uh, they uh, announced some drill some drilling results from the Bayliston HR three prospect for Christmas, um, and also some soil sampling, which has given them a very 
a deep understanding of the area. And indeed, Adam said yesterday, when we got these results back, it was kind of an aha moment. Okay, so that's what we've got. So the geology is revealing itself. And they, uh, with that comes an understanding of how they can develop the asset, the size of the asset. And of course, um, uh, ultimately, um, if, uh, if they're able to uh, build a mine there. Um, and the other the other sort of jewel in the ECR crown, if you like, is, and, and this again was a move by Craig Brown last year, they acquired three properties um, in the Victoria area, um, one at the Bayliston Prospect um, on the Mugambi Rushworth Road, uh, one at Creswick, um, uh, which is, uh, which of course, uh, also on that land they have, there is a tunnel that goes into one of the hills, so they're able to inspect the the uh the the geology uh sort of internally as it were um and also they have a, a property north of bendigo where the core shed is and it's being used already for accommodation and so on but adam also outlined the the property increases uh, or, or the increase in property prices and land prices in the area it's gone through the roof so of course as investments, those assets really help to underwrite the valuation of ECR as a company because they're being used. Um, it also solves some of the key issues that a lot of explorers are finding in the area, and that is actually getting access to land because a lot of the landowners there uh, won't allow access or do so at a premium because they know that it's such valuable territory. So, of course, at a stroke, by owning the land, there are no issues with permits, no issues with drilling. They can just bring their own equipment and this is the other app they have their own drilling equipment they can bring the team straight on and crack on with it which is a really important factor when you're looking at drilling but certainly speaking to adam yesterday um we've got these results that there are more assay results that um, are ready to be processed and simply they logistically they've just not been able to do it because so much stuff has been coming out of the ground it's been logged um, Adam, so they still have some uh, some samples that are awaiting logging, um, and of course they've got to go through the process. They've got to be analysed. The uh, the uh, the desktop work has to be done in order that they can draw a conclusion from what they're finding. But he's very excited about uh, the um, the opportunities in 2021. There's a lot happening in the first quarter. Um, the the drilling teams went back to work yesterday, so they're actually on the ground now. And indeed, one of the soil sampling uh, uh one of the soil sample uh, targets that was located at hr3 the team have put a drill right on top of that so that that drilling work started yesterday so we should be hearing a lot more about that in in the coming weeks the, the other factor we discussed of course were the issue of two new licenses um and they've been awarded uh, ecr have been awarded a license between their current Creswick license area and the ballarat uh, the town of ballarat and this is where one of the geological features at Creswick, the Dimmock's main shale, which is thought to be the source of, of alluvial gold, it runs right through the current Creswick license and the new license area too. So they're going to be getting feet on the ground there pretty soon to, to conduct some, some preliminary uh, exploration work. Um, the company currently, it's uh, trading at uh, one point. Uh, 1.27, uh, sorry, 1.227p, um, giving a market cap of just on 13 million. As I say, that, you know, a, a chunk of that's underwritten by the properties they own already and the assets they have, um, and of course their own drilling equipment. So um, I think ECR are a very sound prospect uh, for this space in 2022, and um, 
there's a very exciting outlook um, and I'm sure we're going to hear more as we go forward. There's also, of course, um, likely to be an appointment of a new chief executive or perhaps chief ops officer at some time during quarter one too. But very exciting uh, space and uh, a very exciting uh, 2022 and prospect for ECR. Yeah, certainly looking at what the share price has done over the the past year and the current valuation you just mentioned there, Alan. Uh, any positive news from those projects that they're working on uh, could probably see the share price moving. But uh, indeed, investors may have to be impatient as, as money will have been over the past year with this company. But yeah, certainly looking at the shares now, um, do look uh, good value considering where they've been and the projects that they're working on. So I'm sure one that will be updating the podcast on when we get more information. So moving on now, Alan. So this is a company uh, we're going to discuss now, which is actually set to be uh, listing in London a little bit later on this year. It's going to be a spin out from Power Metal Resources, which is another company that you included in your 2022 picks. Uh, it's Golden Metal Resources. Now, this is probably a company uh, that many listeners haven't heard of before. People familiar with Power Metal Resources uh, will be, given that they were included in their quarterly business update yesterday. It was something they were earmarking um, for an IPO this year. Alan, would you be able to give us some details on Golden Metal Resources? Yeah, uh, certainly. Golden Metal Resources, well, um, as you mentioned there, John, John um, Power Metal Resources, one of our tips for 2022, Um issued its quarterly business update. Um, and part of the strategy of Power Metal Resources, it has um, numerous projects around the world, as I've outlined previously, operations in USA, in Canada, in Africa, that's Botswana, Tanzania, um, uh, and, and the DRC, and also, of course, in Australia. That's also, like ECR, they have um, the new Ballarat Gold Company, so they've got licensed territories um in and around uh, uh, in and around uh, the the Victoria area, and also in Western Australia, where there's another joint venture company, uh, uh, another uh, spin out company uh, being prepared, which is uh, uh, FDR. And um, part of the uh, strategy of Power Metal is to develop these assets um, and uh, and either either work on them directly, as they're doing, say, with the Malopo Farmers project in Botswana, or to spin them out and. Um, the first spin out from the company is Golden Metal Resources, um, and uh, they've packaged up the the uh, the assets that uh, were originally uh, Power Metal assets in Nevada in the USA, and these are all geologically pretty close together. So, of course, from a from the, from a management standpoint, from an operational standpoint, um, they have a team on the ground uh, now in the states running this. The non-exec chairman is. David Avadia, a British geologist who's uh, worked all around the world. Um, he's he's uh, a career um, spanning some 30 years. Um, and Oliver Friesen, who's the chief executive and CEO, 10 years in mining and oil and gas sectors. Um, and he mo was most recently chief executive of uh, Vancouver-based Golden Lion Resources. Um, so, And that was focused in Idaho in the USA. So he's very Oliver is very familiar with the area and working in the area and and uh, arranging uh, uh, arranging all the necessary infrastructure and so on. Paul Johnson, CEO of Power Metals, of course, is an executive director on the board too, so he brings his experience and expertise. But this is a, a package of assets. Firstly, we have the um, the uh, Pilot Mountain asset, which is 
um, 100% owned by Gold Metal. And this is um, this is a, a huge project that uh, is prospective for uh, tungsten, um, with also uh, um, uh, uh, traces of of of, uh, of, of copper and uh, gold and zinc um, in the sorry uh, uh, copper uh, uh, silver and zinc in the within within the asset as well um there's a in 2018 a scoping study was undertaken and um, and published for an open pit mine building an open pit mine mine there with an eight year mine life um and there is huge um upside exploration potential which the uh, group will be um will be uh, commencing work on later on this year uh, once the ipo takes place um which is estimated to be in april this year so we're very close to this um and and pilot mountain really is the jewel in the crown then there are um there are uh, exploration assets at the golconda summit property which is within the, uh, the the Walker Lane Belt, and the Walker Lane Belt is very, uh, for, uh, it's it, it's a it's an asset rich um, environment in Nevada. There are many companies uh, operating there. Um, uh, so, uh, for instance, uh, uh, it's the um, the Golconda Summit is thirty five kilometers southwest of Nevada Goldmine Goldmine's Turquoise Ridge project, um, and it's uh, northwest of SSR Mining's Marigold Mine. Uh, and these are all mines that are producing uh, um, uh, both gold and silver. Um, the Garfield property, again, uh, nearby as well um, in Mineral uh, County, Nevada. And again, these these are these are are are, are, um, are prospective for copper and and also and also uh, uh, gold as well. The Stonewall property is um, is uh, close to the. Uh, gold mining town of Nye County in Nevada, uh, again within the mineral uh, within the Walker Lane uh, mineral belt, um, and rock sampling there has uh, has uh, produced some some pretty um, some pretty impressive uh, uh, samples and, and results, uh, both in gold and and with silver, um, and again the area is very rich for that. So the timeline for the company, um, it's raised its initial uh, pre-IPO money of seven hundred fifty thousand. Um, and uh, when it lists, it's, it's uh, um, uh, listing in London um, in April. Um, the uh, the work that's been done already, uh, of course, is um, I mentioned the the primary asset, which is the Pilot Mountain asset, and due diligence has been undertaken uh, on that project already. Um, there is a compliant a Jork 2012 compliant mineral resource estimate of 12 and a half million tons of uh, tungsten. Um, and uh, of course, we will um, the, uh, further work will be done on that to update that uh, that asset going forward. But nonetheless, uh, this is um, this is right at the start. It's the first of a number of spinouts from Power Metal. And of course, once this comes to market, um, it will it will be a very exciting opportunity in its own right. But it will also serve to uh, to bolster and add great value to the Power Metal Resources balance sheet. Um, so it will be a win-win both for um, shareholders in gold, in gold metal resources and, of course, power metal resources. Indeed, it sounds like there's a number of exciting projects there uh, for golden metal resources. Uh, but before we just wrap things up, Adam, would you be able to just give us a bit of background on, on other potential spin-outs from power metal resources? I know they've got a number of different um, projects that they're working on, companies that could be potentially... Uh, spun out of, uh, of the main company, Power Metal Resources. Are there, are there any that are on the cards for later on this year as well? 
Yes, they certainly are. Well, I mentioned FDR. That's in Western Australia. So they have an asset. Uh, well, they, they have a uranium asset um, uh, and a, a copper and gold asset in the Patterson province, uh, which is owned by first uh, FDR in Australia. And FDR is set to be spun out uh, at some point later on this year. We then have the what was originally Red Rock Australasia, which was the which has now been renamed the New Ballarat Gold Company that owns the um, the assets in uh, in Victoria. Um, and again, you know, given where ECR, uh, g- given the progress ECR are making there, that's a, a very exciting prospect, and that will I uh, that will be spun off at some point. We then come to Canada. Um, Power Metal have the Silver Peak project. Um, and of course, the Silver Peak uh, project is in the region of the uh, the Eureka uh, silver mine uh, in British Columbia, which was a, a producing mine. And again, the area is just absolutely rich with silver, so the great opportunity there. And it's it's uh, you know uh, the com- Power Metal said last year that the quality of the that asset alone, they could see it uh, it being a, 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 a hugely su- successful standalone company in its own right. And indeed that. They are making moves to to put that in place, um, and of, of course, well, we, we've spoken about uh, gold metal, um, and there will be if we go to um, to Africa, there is a joint venture with Kavango Resources, also one of my picks for the year too. You know, Kavango doing great work with the Kalahari Suture Zone there, and uh, there's an asset there which could be absolutely vast in scale, um, and they're developing that. There's a joint venture with Power Metal. Which is called Kenya Resources, and we expect to have news on that spin-off later on in the year. So, yeah, there's, I mean, literally, uh, a day goes past and something changes with Power Metal. It's such a fast developing company because there are so many different assets within the group, and uh, yeah, it, it's that. That's why it's one of my picks for the year because, as I've said on many occasions, it just needs one of these assets to uh, to turn into a, 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 to. To, to be developed into um, a mine or or, or uh, a major discovery made, and that dis- the value of that discovery alone, as we've seen, for instance, with Greatland Gold, um, the Haverian discovery, uh, you know, it's dwarfed the market cap of the company when that discovery was made. So, uh, you know, with Power Metal, you've got fourteen different opportunities for the same thing happening. Indeed, and this is going to be something that we're discussing. On the podcast, as we get further information and updates on these IPOs and potential spin-outs from Power Metal. So certainly an interesting story there for 2022. So just a recap of the stocks we discussed today. First off was Next, which trades under the ticker of NXT. It was then ECR with the ticker of ECR. And just then was Golden Metal Resources, which is going to be spun out of Power Metal Resources and Power Metal Resources has a ticker of POW. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks very much, John. So just a note uh, for listeners, we'll be kicking off our series of virtual events again in February. We have an event with the Aquis Exchange featuring three companies from uh, the Aquis Exchange as well as a keynote speech from the Aquis CEO. So do check out our events section on the UK Investor Magazine website. We'll be able to register for that. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. 
The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk. 